We all have ideas on sexuality, and they're often based on our upbringing and personal experiences or religion. And we have these ideas about how our lives are going to progress, whether we settle down, get married, have kids. But what happens when life doesn't go the way you expect it? On this episode of the Quick and the Dirty podcast, we talk to Mads, a beautiful, single, 35-year-old virgin. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the new and improved The Quick and the Dirty Podcast. I mean, Sandra, I thought we were pretty perfect to begin with, but as anyone who's been listening knows, we took a short hiatus over the last few weeks to work on this new project, a relaunch on the Frequency Podcast Network. I know. I mean, imagine this, Hillary. They like us. Somebody likes us. The right person liked us this time. So we're part of this new Frequency Podcast Network, and it's pretty cool because it's a place where you can find a lot of great podcasts, including The Big Story, uh, Moms in the Middle, and Black Tea, just to name a few. Yeah, seriously, we're in such amazing company. We are definitely the underdogs. <laughs> you know what the nice thing is? There's no pressure. Right. There's no pressure they have whatsoever. zero expectations of us. <laughs> you know, I've always liked being the underdog in life, so I feel like that's what we are this time, and we're going to continue to do what we always do. We're going to have great guests. We're going to have great conversations, and we're going to have a lot of laughs. So let's get to those laughs. This is the part of the podcast where we kind of catch up. We talk about our failures for the week, Sandra. We never have those. We try to cap it at a few minutes, but really we could go on and on and on. Right. And it's called The Quick. I'm going to talk about my sobriety, but that implies I have a problem. Uh, I'm doing November. Okay, what's November? Well, I think it means different things to different people. I think some people cut out certain uh, bad things from their lives, not people, bad things. <laughs> Sugar, you know, things associated with weight loss. For me, I'm going to cut out booze. What? Is that I even was gonna, a possibility? I was going to say, cue the gasping. Does cue wine the gasping count? right now. <laughs> Okay, so I was going to, here, before I before I tell you why, I will say this. I'm going to do November, but I'm going to have one hall pass. Is okay. That, is that wrong? So it's not really November. It's like, November. <laughs> so that if, if I need to cash in my hall pass, I can get a quick glass of wine just in case. Okay. How many, how many glasses of wine is the hall pass for? One. Uh, no, I'm going to say it's a bottle. No, I'll call it a bottle. <laughs> so can you use the pass throughout the month? Um, no, it's a one night pass. So November is, you know, kind of, you know, like we're just heading into the Christmas season. So I might have a late November party. I can't, I can't. So <laughs> I, I just not, you know what? It's not even that I can't. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person who goes to a party. It's like, now nah, I'm just going to have water because I'm doing November. Okay. So, so no. why do you want to take a month off booze? Well, for obvious reasons, but, um, weight loss is always the reason when I do go dry, this is the second time in the in as many years that I've done this. Uh, weight loss is the f- big reason because I find that I live in that world where Monday to Friday, I do a pretty good job of sticking to my diet. And then on the weekends, things go crazy and alcohol is usually at the forefront of it. And I find like I'm gaining and losing the same two or three pounds. Okay. And that is my life. So I'd like to attempt and I it worked last year. I took off about um, 10 pounds doing this, uh, when you eliminate alcohol from your life, you eliminate a lot of bad decisions that come with it. <laughs> really, when you just think about the crazy charcuterie boards I got myself into last year with the wine, just, you know, and the snacking that comes with it. You're having a glass of wine on a Friday night. It's like, oh, get me some of those M&Ms and you become crazy. You so, do. And then you wake yeah. up feeling like garbage the next day and then yeah. you need McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but forget about the physical garbage that you feel like. The emotional garbage that you feel like is where I struggle. The self-loathing. I go through periods of pure self-loathing when I've, let's say I've had a couple of drinks, I'm at a party, and then I'll hit that buffet table like nobody's business. <laughs> I will hate myself. I will hate myself. Or if I've gone out on a Saturday night and I miss my Sunday morning gym, I will all day long, I'll, you know, hate myself because I didn't go to the gym and that just sets the tone for the week. But wouldn't it have just been better to stop hating yourself and go to the gym? 
Like, yes, in theory. Instead of sitting on the couch and crying about it? Yeah, in theory, but then you get into this vicious cycle. And if you are hungover from drinking, that's why you don't go to the gym on the Sunday morning, you know? And I don't want to present this like, oh, I'm an alcoholic and I whatever, but I do like my wine on the weekends. Saturdays and Sundays, uh, my husband and I will get into the wine. Not crazy wine, but enough so that sometimes on a Sunday morning, I'll be like, oh, my head's a little off. You know what I mean? Right. I'd be a, I'm afraid of the treadmill sober. So I don't think going still slightly buzzed is ever an option for me. I don't think so either. Um, so I'm just I'm just vowing to take better care of myself. And you and I have a trip planned in January in Jamaica. Um, I just, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds. And Are, am even I going to have to get on this just so you're not more fabulous than me? <laughs> I can. I. How is it? Is, he, is it a contest, Hillary? Is it a contest? It's a contest for women. I can accept the fact that you are a fabulous woman. Don't you want that for me? Don't you? What am I, a pussycat doll? I, don't you? <laughs> don't I, you? And you know what? I, I don't think 20 pounds makes that much of a difference. It's a right size. Now. Like, it's a dress size. It's a size, but I don't think it's it's just like a, uh, you know, oh my God, kind of a difference. But I'll You can notice. see my ab. <laughs> I just want to live in a world where I can't tuck shrimp under my apron stomach. (laughs) I just want to live in a world where I can't put snacks in there anymore, that everything sort of evens out. I don't mind jiggling. I don't mind being a size 14 in life. I'm happy with it. But at the moment, things are, it's been a good summer. And I just want to see if I can do it. It's almost like, can I, can I, can I beat it? Can I beat the booze? I think I can. So there. Yeah. It's more like a, just a double check. Like, do we have a problem or not? (laughs) And there's a lot of people who have gone on social media, I've noticed in the last year, who will like celebrate the fact that they've been dry for so long. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to do that because then I'm going to every time I go somewhere, I'll have people policing it. And I don't need that in my life. But maybe you do. Like that could be uh, (laughs) maybe you need the public shame. Well, but then if you start going public with it, then it implies you have a problem. I don't think I have a problem. Why does it imply you have a problem? It's a well, challenge. Why do you it's need to Sandra go dry? It's a challenge. You obviously have a problem with alcohol if you're going dry. I don't, I don't think, think that that's the case. You're go- you're on a diet, and alcohol is pure sugar. Well, I have a sugar problem, not an alcohol problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like the way you framed it. Okay, so if I frame it like I'm going on a diet, I got to cut out booze. Because, you know, November and I'm not boozing, it sounds like, oh, God, Sandra's out of control again. You know what I mean? <laughs> you see her at that party last week, and yeah, now she's on the wagon. Like, something must have happened. <laughs> So, okay, thanks for your support anyway, Hillary. Yeah, great. I, I think that you're fine. It's All a right. sugar problem. Or we'll... Just say that. I got so many problems. I feel like I just need to make a list at this point of all of them. Uh, but I'm going to start with uh, November and we'll take it from there. How's that? I, I love it. So all this right. week I want to talk about weddings. I know wedding season's over for the year and we're getting into fall. Thank but God. Uh, I know a friend of mine just got engaged and there are a couple of issues with the engagement. The first one is she called me to apologize for getting engaged because I am not engaged. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So, I know it was coming from a good place, but right. we have been pretty tight friends for a while. And through some of that time, we were both single. And then I got together with my boyfriend. And she's only been with hers for about a year. And she knows I've been giving my boyfriend the gears about getting hitched. You know what? There's... You know, I said, wow, like she was a piece of work. But now when you framed it like that, that was very considerate of her to do that. Well, she's just like, I, well, this was the preface for, for something else. She, she gives me a call and she's like, I just want to make sure you're okay. I know you really want your boyfriend to get married and blah, blah, blah. And we haven't been together as long as you guys. And it was totally a pity phone call. But I'll take it. Take it. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it came from a really good place. Yeah, absolutely. And then she asked me to be in her wedding. Oh, that's why'd she go and do that? (laughs) Oh, my God. If you ever if I don't like being in wedding parties, I don't like emceeing wedding. I'll never emcee a wedding. I don't mind emceeing a wedding because that comes with zero cost to you. How is that true? 
No, is you don't want expensive. Pictures, all the pictures. The yeah, that's right. And the responsibility that comes with making sure the bride is having a great day. Then there's all the the, the pre parties and the showers and all that business. Oh yeah, and it's, yeah. it is a lot of responsibility. Here's why I think she asked me. We are good friends and I love her to death and I'm really excited to be a part of her big day because I love her guy. But on paper, I, I'm, I'm mother-in-law improved. Approved. <laughs> on paper. On like paper. Behind the scenes, not at all. No. But on paper, I am mother-in-law approved. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Which some of her friends may not be. Oh, and I think also, like, I'm responsible. You always ask a busy person to help you with stuff. So I get it. So you're the, the person who, the least likely person to screw up her wedding. Right. And can embarrass her in front of her new family. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really excited for them. I'm glad to be a part of it. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll be a part of your wedding. That was when I thought the wedding was happening here in town. But the rules have now changed. <laughs> Say it. I was over at her house on the weekend and they're like, oh, it's just so expensive for all the venues in town. I think we're going to think about a destination wedding. Would you and come? There it is. There oh. it is. Oh, you know what? Now, now I'm back to wow. <laughs> you don't invite someone to be part of your wedding and, and get it, get the agreement and then turn it into a destination wedding because not everybody wants to drop 2K. Or well, 1500 Like, I absolutely want to be a part of her day, and I absolutely want to support it. But there's a couple of problems. There's the $2,000, because when you book a destination wedding, you don't get the deal. Like, there's no last-minute resort deal. You're paying right. the full pot. And she's not going to go for a three-star in Punta Cana. No. She's going to get something fancy that costs a bit of money. Yeah, because his family, uh, they do all right for themselves. All right. I mean, they, uh, them as a couple, they're not loaded or anything, but the family has certain expectations. Oh, good for them. Um, so I know it's going to be pricey. And I want to be like, yeah, I'll totally be there. But there's the money thing is a big deal. So <sighs> there's a dress involved. There's the Vacation flight time. involved. Vacation time. It's an obligation. It's an obligation. <laughs> I'm ob obligated they, to take a vacation. So one week of your vacation is now forced to be f uh, spent with them. Right. I'm wondering if maybe they can get it to be like a long weekend thing. <laughs> and then yeah, I, do, yeah. like I can do two days vacation, but it's hard now that there are kids in my life. My boyfriend's got two yeah. girls. We use our vacation to manage their summers off. Right. So this gets like, it's taking time away from the family. I doubt he'll be able to go because then it's $4,000. And okay. So then I'm at a very romantic resort by myself. <laughs> I mean, would you ever do, would you ever, if you did a destination wedding, what would your expectation be? My expectation would be my parents, my brothers and sisters. And you know what? If I was going to do that and I really wanted my maid of honor or my whatever to be there, I would pay. Cool. That's because Could I be your maid of honor. <laughs> <laughs> but, or I just have family take those spots. Right. Right. Yeah. OK. That's that's a big ask, in my opinion, when you ask anybody to take a vacation and spend thousands of dollars to spend with you for your wedding. I almost, I, I get it that it's, it's a beautiful thing to do, but you can't, you can't just put it out to a hundred people and think it's going to stick because it's not. Right. It's harder because now I've agreed to be a part of the wedding party, right? Can and I you don't back out? Down, but that's can you end the friendship? What can you, how can we get, <laughs> let's get you out of this, Hillary. No, I don't want to end the friendship. I just oh. hope that if it if it mysteriously doesn't work out, that she understands that it's not that I don't love her. It's just that that two thousand dollars is a lot of love. That <laughs> and a week's vacation. It's actually more Fair. about the vacation because there are. Th I would prefer to spend that time with my significant other who I don't see on a regular basis. That's fair. You know, that's fair. It's that whole vac. I don't think I could give my vacation to just anybody. I mean, you know what I mean? Unless unless he could come with you and you could find a way to make it work and money falls from the sky. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think that I think the destination wedding thing is nice on paper, but as an actual working model, no. It's really hard unless you're going to elope and then come back and have a party. Yeah. Which is how I would do it if I were going to have a destination wedding. But in the meantime, you have to be the understanding friend. But, you know, if, if don't hold off. 
I mean, tell her. Right. Don't wait until like, you know, she announces it and whatever. And then you're sort of in it. Right. And then and then she's become a bridezilla. She's she, you can still catch her before it happens to her. You got her. <laughs> she's not crazy yet. Get her now and be honest with her. And I think I think that that's the right thing to do. It's if indeed, so hard, though, for anyone like it's a it's a huge you want to be there and you want to say, yeah, 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 whatever you need. But it's that's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money to stand in somebody's wedding, even if they're not going away. You're looking at uh, at least 250 bucks for the wedding gift if you're in the wedding. And then you're looking at 250 bucks for a dress, possibly. You got to set that aside. Plus hotel. Do you have a Jack and Jill? Do you guys do that in uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, that's more of like small town style. Is it? Okay, because I never heard of a Jack and Jill until I moved to Ottawa right. 15 years ago. And everybody does... The stag or the Jack and Jill, which is another thing. I've become so bitter towards weddings now, like so bitter, like I've never, I can't even explain that people get married. Then they have a fundraiser for their wedding. So that now doesn't I, bother I, me as long as you don't do the Jack and Jill, the shower, the bachelorette and the bachelor party. Like you got to pick two. No, you got, they're, they're doing them all because it's, it's, you know, I mean, my sister's a wedding decorator. It's pretty much a business now. You, you know, people want these big elaborate weddings and we can blame those TV shows like Say Yes to the Dress that have created this crazy industry on having the perfect day. And, uh, and these couples get married and realize, um, we can't afford a $50,000 wedding. So they have these weddings on the backs of their friends paying for Which is it not through kind. fundraisers. Pardon me? It's not kind. Like, have the wedding you can afford. And for me, that means City Hall or my backyard. Yeah. Like, uh, who, it's not about having the big wedding. It's about having the right people around you on that day, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I know everybody's like, oh, but the photos. Ugh, whatever. Uh, nobody cares about the photo but you also. Yeah, and then 20 years from now and you don't look like that anymore, you're not going to want to look at it because it's just going to be a reminder of your failure. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and then and he's not as nice as he used to be. <laughs> Remember when I looked at him like that? Right. Doesn't happen anymore. You don't need that reminder around you all day long. Okay, decided? I think we've decided. I'm not going. Speaking of weddings, on today's Quick and the Dirty podcast, we have someone very, very special. You've heard of the 40-year-old virgin, and most recently, you've probably heard of the bachelor, Colton Underwood, who proudly announces to the world that he has his V-card. Today, we are going to talk to a 35-year-old virgin who has a very long Italian name. Uh, In the spirit of keeping this under time, we are now going to refer to her as Matt's. Hey, Matt. Hey, Sandra. How's it going? Pretty good. I am so <laughs> glad that you agreed to join us on the Quick and the Dirty podcast today, Matt, because I have to be honest. I don't know if I could have waited to 35. So good on you. I'm going to give you a round of applause first. <laughs> I, I don't hear the applause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like having two Sandras over there. <laughs> I know. We're having a lot of fun in the studio right now in Hills. It's, it's true. We really are. So what's your second question? Uh Why'd you do it? Why did I why'd do, you do it? it? You mean, why did I not do it? Right. Uh, you know, I was raised uh, a Mormon, uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, we are raised to believe that marriage should be between a husband and a wife. So we're taught from a very young age to wait until marriage. Um, but, you know, even that aside, with the morals and the standards that I was raised with, I also had my own belief system. I'd seen a lot of my friends making mistakes growing up, um, unwanted pregnancies, uh, STDs. And I just kind of decided, you know, if I can make it through high school without doing any of that, adulthood will be a breeze. And I just kind of stuck with it. And I don't regret that decision at all. I never have to worry about my health. I never have to worry about anything unwanted. And you know what? When the right guy comes along, it'll be awesome. See, I was going to ask you if you were just a procrastinator. No, not at <laughs> N- all. None of that business at all. I still have my hormones fully intact. I just have great self-control. <laughs> um, are you still religious? or Because, I mean, you, you alluded to the fact that that's how you were brought up. But do you still uh, follow the practices of the, uh, the Mormons? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, for sure. I'm definitely LDS, as they call us, Mormon or LDS. Um, but as I say, it's not... I don't think it should be enough for somebody to do something or not do something solely based on religion. If I can back it up with my own personal beliefs, then I'm going to go with that as well. And and that's why I've remained 
kept my V card, as you like to say, all these years. So does this mean you just haven't met? Had you met the right person, this story could have turned out a whole lot different. Correct. Okay. Where do we start? Yeah. Growing up. Let's start. Let's go back. Let's go back. High school. Did you date? Because I know uh, Latter-day Saints, they have some... uh, some ideas on dating and what's appropriate and what's not and activities. What was that like for you as a kid in high school? Uh, Fairly normal. Um, I went to an arts high school. I'm from Toronto originally, Mississauga more specifically. And, um, Oh my gosh, are you a Cothra kid? I'm a Cothra kid. I'm a Mayfield kid. (laughs) I'm supposed to hate you. I know, I was going to say that. We're rivals. Is this interview, is it taking a twist now? What's happening right now? Obviously, is one of you on from the wrong side of the tracks? Is this a John Hughes movie? Oh, it's Mayfield? Okay, just checking. What? No, you're from the hood. I'm from the beautiful country. Yeah, I know, that's very true. Uh, Cothra's kind of in the ghetto but <laughs> anyway back to being a virgin <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's let's keep let's keep on track here let's uh anyway what what do you want to know about high school well i i assume that, that you had boys who were interested yes and how would you move the conversation from anything that might be sexual or lead that way to keeping things clean you know, I'm fairly open uh, when I meet people for the first time. Uh, I establish who I am and kind of the things that I stand for. Um, and it never really gets pushed past that point because I'm so upfront right at the get-go. If I like somebody and, you know, he wants to kiss me, that's fine. But I let him know ahead of time. I'm like, just so you know, it can't go past a certain point because I'm waiting. I've, you know, made this decision since I was a little girl. And a lot of the times that's a deterrent, unfortunately, for some guys because... Really, all they want is sex. And the right ones have stuck around. Relationships haven't always worked out, but they've respected that. And as long as you're upfront and open right from the get-go, you get a lot more respect. You know, it's, I find it odd that you would just put that out there on the front end, as opposed to just getting to know somebody and then revealing it slowly. Do you think that revealing it on the front end has perhaps scared off a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't have been scared off? Because then you're really, I mean, when I meet somebody, let's say a, a new friend, I will not I- issue boundaries on the front end. I'll just see how I like them and then we'll take it slow. And I'm talking about girlfriends here because, you know, I've been married for 400 years. <laughs> but even new friendships, I mean, you don't you don't state the rules on the front end of a friendship. Why would you do that on the front end of any kind of romantic relationship? Well, I suppose it depends on the chemistry. It's right. not something that I, you know, wear on a billboard as I walk around. You know, not everybody <laughs> knows that I don't exude, you know, my, my V-card. It's not, it's not how I identify myself. Uh, but if I feel that there's a mutual attraction on either side, and, you know, I'm not opposed to, you know, doing other things, to, you know, making out. You know, as I say, I do have my hormones. But if I feel it's going to move past a certain point too quickly, I am upfront about that. It's not like, hey, you're attractive, I'm attractive, just so you know, we can make out, but we can't have sex. No, <laughs> obviously I need to make sure there's good chemistry between us. And you know what, if, if I scare them away, great, then that means he wasn't the right guy for me. If he's not willing to wait a little bit, then I know all he really wanted was sex or something quick. And I want something that's going to last forever. So that's, that's how I look at it. So yes, it sucks. But at the same time, it, it narrows down what I'm looking for. That makes sense. Now, being a a virgin, is your expectation to find somebody who is also a virgin? No, no, I don't. I don't project my beliefs onto anybody else in any any part of my life, anything I believe in. If they do have the same beliefs, great. But if not, great. Everybody's different. So do you feel a little bit of pressure? Like, say you find the man of your dreams and he's willing to wait and then it gets to the big night and you guys seal the deal and maybe you're not compatible in some way. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to know any different, right? So at the end of the yeah. day, my she, first time is going to be mind blowing no matter what, because that's I, right. I don't know. I don't have any expectations. Do you Hillary, worry about their expectations, though? Well, that's a good question. Ooh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Do you worry about their expectations, though, if they're experienced and no. you're maybe not? <laughs> I am not worried whatsoever. I am, I'm half Italian. I'm kind of a wild cat. So as I say, I just have good self-control. So I'm not concerned about that part. 
But you know what? what's funny, Hillary, is that if she has bad sex the first time, like she said, she won't know any different. She'll think her bad sex will, you know, our bad sex is going to be her good sex. <laughs> there you go. It's all relative, really. You know what I mean? Well, because I know, like, growing up myself, it took a long time to really get to know my body and how to, you know, be comfortable in it and to achieve what you need to achieve in that situation. And so I, I think it's it's interesting talking to somebody who's in their mid-30s and they're going to experience that whenever it happens. And it's just interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going in with any any expectations whatsoever. Um, and, you know, at the same time, because I don't have the expectations, I'm open to pretty much anything, you know, and I'm a fairly open and honest person. And so... I don't know. I don't really know how to phrase that any differently. Just pretty much everything that's going to come at me, I'm going to roll with it. Right. Yeah. So Hillary asked about high school and obviously nothing transpired there. And you were you you talked about, you know, those teenage pregnancies around you being somewhat of a deterrent. Well, let's move on now. Did you go to university and college? I went to college and then I also went to university. How did you go sexless through college and university? I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Frosh Week alone does us all in. <laughs> you know, college, I went to Sheridan College. That's just, it's in Oakville, Ontario. Um, and it was slim pickings there anyway. And I was a photography major there. So pretty much we lived at school. We would sleep under the desk sometimes, wake up the next day, go to class in the same clothes. Like we were all ragamuffins. Uh, so <laughs> there was no problem with chemistry there because we all smelled like feet. Um, <laughs> so that was good. Uh, university, actually, I went to Brigham Young University down in Utah. So that's kind of like a Mormon Mecca. That school actually year after year gets, I can't remember which uh, what study it is, but it's always declared the number one stone cold sober school in America. So there they live all of the principles that the LDS church teaches. So no drinking or smoking or drugs, sex before marriage. And we all sign something. It's uh, it's called the honor code before we go to school there. And we promise to abide by these principles as a student. Okay. And if we don't, there are repercussions. And so everybody there pretty much has the same goals and everybody wants to get married. But in order to do that, everybody wants to keep the same standard. So it was a breeze getting through university. Still dated, <laughs> but, you know, it was a lot easier. Now, you know, I've heard of Brigham Young, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've read a little bit about that. I'm very surprised to hear that you ended up going there. Not surprised to hear that you didn't get laid there. <laughs> did it? Did, nobody's getting laid. Did anybody get laid at that school? Because certainly there's always a couple who are yeah. like, you know what? Screw the rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gonna, for sure. I'm going to get me a man tonight. For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, Mormons are still human. We still, you know, we still have our own desires, our own needs, our own wants. And, you know, to err is human. In fact, we had uh, Brandon Davies was one of our star athletes when I was going to school there playing basketball. And he actually he slept with his girlfriend and he admitted it to the coach. And we were just about to head into March Madness. Uh, I believe we were in Sweet 16 and he got benched. And that was a huge hit for BYU. Um, we made ESPN. Uh, we're on the news for us benching one of our star players right before going into, you know, the big uh, March Madness season. And uh, people thought that it was crazy, but a lot of people gave us respect for sticking with our guns. Because what good is, you know, signing a contract if you're not going to abide by it? So Whose business to- is it who you sleep with? I don't understand why anyone would need. I, I understand that you are LSD. Uh, LDS. LDS. There you go. LSD <laughs> is a drug. I'm thinking of a drug right now. Sorry. Thinking of my own childhood. Uh, I'm sorry. LDS. <laughs> sorry. Got it wrong. Um, but whose business is it who you sleep with? The notion of signing a contract and making a promise about your body to some professor seems ludicrous. Did it not? And you, you are critical. You are young kids who are critical thinkers and finding your way in the world. There must have been a few of you who went, this is ridiculous. Well, for sure. As yeah. I say, we are human. And, you know, there, I know a lot of people who didn't stick with the honor code. And that's their prerogative. I mean, I don't judge them for it. I don't think any less. I mean, everybody lives their life the way they want to live. It's just something that we sign in order to go to BYU, just kind of to keep the standard high. And if people make that mistake, they, it's up to them to say something. Nobody to keep pressured the standard Brandon. high. Now, like as somebody who does not have her V-card and is not married, I find that to be kind of offensive. That's fair. And I apologize. It was not meant to be. As I say, everybody makes their own decisions. And you know what? So long as you're not hurting anybody, then, you know, all the more power to you. This is just something that I believe in. And as I say, if somebody else doesn't, that's totally fine. 
was were the people who admitted. I mean, I, I find that odd that that player would admit to it. I mean, ultimately, I'd be like, well, I'm not telling anybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's only going to go one way to school like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to know that it was going to go poorly for him. Were people ostracized? who admitted that they had lost their V-card at all because this guy was punished for it in some way, but socially was he ostracized at all? No, in fact, he got a lot of praise for that because it took a lot of courage to, you know, step up to the plate and say that, listen, like, I I, I did this, this happened. He, he got his girlfriend pregnant. And so... So there was no um, denying it? No, no, there's no denying it. And he didn't want to deny it. He He was honest. And that's why he got respect. And the school got respect for sticking by, you know, its own honor code. And at the end of the day, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, it's nobody else's business and that's fine. But Brandon could have kept his mouth shut and we wouldn't have known. Right. So at the end of the day, he's accountable only to himself. Now, as an adult in social circles, are you one of your only friends that still stands by that code? Within the Mormon community or no, within the community? I mean, I mean like out in community? the workforce or your, your friends that you hang out with, are a lot of them still virgins or? No. No, I'm uh, I'm what they call the unicorn. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am the unicorn among my social circles. It's it's true. In fact, and you know, going back to what we first started talking about, I don't upfront when I meet somebody new be like, "Hey, I'm a virgin," you know, <laughs> right? Because yes, I mean, I I am proud that I've been able to you know, not sleep with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. But uh, at the same time. Um, I don't know. I just kind of keep it to myself. But, you know, my good friends all know what I stand for and what I what I believe in. And I don't get ridiculed for it. In fact, some people there are certain types that are more drawn to me because of that fact. Not so much, you know, friendship type, but uh, uh, I don't know. Do you think people guys, guys fetishize virgins? Sorry, say that again. Do you think people fetishize virgins? Yes. Yes, I do. Is that a good or a bad thing? Oh, well, you tell me. Uh, I just want to know if you go to a dinner party (laughs) there's eight or ten of you around at a table does it come up because I mean if you're open about it to me this is you know I'd have a couple of glasses of wine and go hey guys fun fact Matt is a virgin (laughs) like does that happen to you among your group of friends you know It has come up before. Um, (laughs) And so I'll just joke. I'll just say, you know, the 40-year-old version was written about me in the future. Um, And I just go with it because, as I say, I'm proud of it. So there's nothing really to be embarrassed about. If you want to talk about it over cocktails, kind of sad for you, but I'm okay with it. Like, go ahead, poke fun or or bring it up in a discussion. I'm I'm totally open. Has anybody ever said to you, you're not missing much? Yes. Yeah, well, a lot of my married friends are like, you're good, Matt. Because like, <laughs> I was about to say you're fine. I was about to say the exact same thing. Hillary would probably say different. Uh, I have a healthy life with my partner, but like, yeah. it, it's not like I'm throwing it around or I ever did. I was no. a, a very late bloomer. I think I lost my virginity when I was 19 or 20. So it's not like I was just going around doing it with everybody. And I, I've been in long-term relationships and only ever been with people that, that that's been the case with. But still, I mean, I think so much of our culture and so much of just everyday talk revolves around sex these days. Do you ever find it difficult to engage in those conversations or kind of left out? Not that it's a bad thing, but like, do you ever feel socially you don't have a lot to add to that? Yes and no. I mean, given the fact that most of my friends are married with children or have, you know, long term relationships uh, or just sexually active. I mean, I'm not ignorant. I, I understand how the body works. I know how sex works. You know, I know a lot of these things. And so I can participate to a fair degree. Obviously, I can't talk about, you know, certain aspects of sex. Uh, there are moments where I do feel a little bit left out because, you know, obviously I don't have a family. I don't have I'm not in a relationship currently. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not like I ever sit around with my friends and just talk about sex. Like, it comes up from time to time. Like, with work, um, one of the last companies I worked for here in Ottawa was a landscaping company. And pretty much all they ever talked about was sex. But it was so derogatory, the way they talked about it, that I just kind of breezed right through it and, you know, just kind of closed off the conversation. Um, Were you surrounded by men at this landscaping company mostly? Yeah. So you hear the way that they spoke about women and that must have been a total turnoff. Right. And see, and that's why I also don't feel like I'm missing anything. You know, the way sex is thrown around just kind of like a 
like they they look at girls and they just kind of objectify them even as we're driving by on the road like oh i'd like to you know bang her or whatever she's totally bangable and, and i'm like you know what that's gross like girls yeah. don't want to be seen as objects and i guess that's another reason i'm okay to well, it you know, depends sandra does <laughs> <laughs> can i just confess something to you <laughs> the, with the way this conversation <laughs> nice try hillary i'm not gonna bite it's true though <laughs> you've complained about it in the past i don't mind being objectified <laughs> there I said it. <laughs> Fair enough. Can I can I though can I confess to something though all kidding aside? Um when you said that about how you work with these men and they objectify women, that reminded me of why I waited so long. I held on to my V card for a long time too, Hillary, just like you. I am a late bloomer. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. I waited till I was 19. <laughs> and I did that because of exactly the same reason that you just explained. And that just reminded me of that. When I was in high school, I, I mean, we didn't, ha- it wasn't like a John Hughes movie. Uh, we all hung out together. We were all friends with the boys. The girls were all in the smoking area talking. And the guys were so open about the, the, the teenage girls that they were having sex with. But they spoke about them with such a disrespect. Mm-hmm. Like all of them were treated like meat. Mm-hmm. And if you were a girl who had sex at the age of 16, you were immediately labeled a slut. Yeah. Just for having sex. So these guys were lucky enough to have it. And then they would degrade these women for having it. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was horrible. And the mixed messages, you know, so I'd hear that going, I, there's no way I'm going to let any of these men have the satisfaction of ever speaking about me that way. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come to school every day. We'll have a good time, but there's no way you're going to talk about me that way. So I completely avoided sex in high school and had it went hard, hard in my, <laughs> in my <laughs> but I did wait. So that those guys didn't have that satisfaction. I was completely different. I couldn't handle regular social relationships and navigate friendships. I was so bad at friendships and understanding them when I was in high school that I just didn't want to add another level of complication. (laughs) This story is I thought was going to be cute and adorable, but it's becoming sad. Seriously, yeah, like, you just thought I it was too much. I couldn't tell if my female friends like me. You want to add sex into the mix? <laughs> too much. That's fair. That is fair. All right. Um, and relationships are complicated <laughs> to begin with. Hillary can attest to that. And you know, the irony of this is that in high school, I was bullied all through high school. Aww. And uh, oh, it was horrible. Oh, no. and, and so, but one of the names that I was called on a routine basis was slut or skank. And it would just crack me up. Because I'd be walking down the hallways and people would be like, slut, skank. And, and I would laugh at that. Be, is it just because you were pretty? No, it's because. She is pretty, by the way. You're oh, gorgeous. Stop it. Black hair, dark. Are they blue eyes? or I can't it see. It depends on my mood. Sometimes okay. they're gray, blue. Oh, great. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> if it's rainy, they're a little bit. Anyway, whatever. You, you, you're like a beautiful woman. I honestly thought I, there was a part of me that thought, oh, she's going to have two heads. Ah. This is going to be something. But you're yes. like, you're and I kid, of course, but you're a beautiful woman. Well, thank you. And to be called, why do they call you a slut? Like Hillary said, is it because you looked a certain way? No. You're striking. It was. Uh, if you've got any single guys who are okay <laughs> with the V card. Anyway. There's lots of single guys, I'm sure, that are. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I have some okay. questions, yeah. Okay, let's get back to the high school stuff. And they were calling you a slut. Yes. As if. Yeah, and I thought it was funny. I'm like, you know, if anything, you should be calling me the stiffest person in high school. But I, I let that go. Um, no, it's because uh, my best friend at the time, she ended up sleeping with the high school bullies cousin's boyfriend or something and i <sighs> i protected my best friend from getting her trash kicked and uh anyway she ended up joining forces with the high school bully and then they ended up all hating on me instead and she anyway, deflected be- and was so mean yeah. oh yeah no it was horrible it was and that was back in the day when it was five years of high school and so it was it was five years of hell for me <sighs> but uh yeah that i was always amused by being called slut i welcome it please call me a slut call me a whore and i'll just i'll just laugh <laughs> Yeah, that's and it's funny that that's like the the worst insult that you could hurl at a woman back then. And so, you know, back to the way you view sex, when you hear the slut and whore and the way that we, you know, we turn sex into this horrible thing. Uh, as women, you know, now I feel like we're owning our sexuality in a way that we've never owned it before. But back then having sex made you a demon, you know. Mm -hmm. So but you it feels like you've all there's a part of you that has hung on to that notion a little bit, even though you say you don't judge. You, you, when you were talking about your university days, you talked about, you know, to err is to human. Is To err is to be human. Right. Why is it to err? Why is sex to err? 
That's a good question. And it's not so much that I think it's a mistake. It It's different from how I was raised in the LDS church, but it's not to say... Or the LSD church in which LSD. I was raised. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> that sounds like a lot more fun. <laughs> Way more fun. Uh, that's, that's a fun church. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's necessarily a mistake. It's just different. Like, I don't look at... Most of my friends are not LDS. And so I don't look at them any differently. All of them, you know, have been sleeping with, you know, their significant others or whoever they meet, you know, whatever, um, since they were in high school. I don't think any different of them. They have different beliefs and that's it. It's the same as, you know, I have different beliefs than somebody of Jewish faith or agnostic or whatever it is. Everybody's different. And so for me, these are just my sole beliefs. And as I said, you know, so long as you're not hurting anybody and you're happy, and you're healthy, great, then that's that's totally fine. I don't, as I say, I don't think that sex is wrong. It's just how I was raised, and it's just something that I'm sticking with. Um, the reason why I said to air is human is because of the honor code that we signed. And so because he did have sex, he did, uh, I guess, essentially void or go against the honor code that he signed. And that was what I what I called the mistake, not right. necessarily the having right. sex part. Matt, so I, I, I had to clarify that. I'm, I'm totally not judgmental, as I say. Oh, we're judgmental. It's okay. Right okay. Here. <laughs> Matt, Fair enough. so now you're 35. You're looking to get active in the dating scene. You'd like to find somebody to settle down with and, mm-hmm. and you know, deal with this. <laughs> D- a... This is a, a lot of fun to deal with. Get, you want to get taken care of is what we're saying. <laughs> no, I mean, you'd like to find someone to settle down with and marry, right? Uh, well, I mean, ideally, I would I would love to have a family. Yes, I'd, I'd love to be a mother for sure. So how long do you wait before you give up? Like, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen for you, but like I'm in my late 30s uh, approaching an age. And I have not found the one. <laughs> wow, that was subtle, Hillary, really. Well, I feel like I found I like the it. one, but I'm holding on for him. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's difficult. You start thinking about all the things that you had ideas that you were going to accomplish and where your life would take you. And I bet you that you didn't expect to be 35 and not married. That is true. So that is very true. How long? What if that guy never comes? Will you stay a virgin to the very end? So my thought as of this moment is yes. Um, I mean, I've, I've bypassed, I've made it through the crazy hormonal ages. Um, I've, you know, pulled through as, as I would say successfully, you know, with my, my own personal morals intact. Um, I don't find it necessarily a challenge anymore. Uh, I'm going to hold out, you know, not, not so much hope. Um, I'm used to being single. Uh, I, you know, I live alone. I, I support myself, completely self-reliant. Uh, at the end of the day, if something happens, awesome. I, I would welcome to have a family, a husband, whatever. Uh, but if it doesn't, I'm okay. I'm stable enough now. And, you know, I've been thinking about adopting, actually, because I may never get to have my own kids. But, you know, one parent is better than no parents. And so I figure maybe maybe by the time I, I hit 40, if I haven't found someone, maybe I'll I'll adopt a couple of kids. Because at the end of the day... I don't really want to be changing diapers into my 50s either. So pretty much I'm hoping hoping somebody comes along in the next couple of years. And and if not, I'm just going to live my life for me and keep being happy. And, you know, one way or another, I'll find a way of having a family. Do you put yourself out there? Meaning are you online dating and doing all the things that everybody else does in the world? I'm tempted to, but I have... The worst track record. I meet douchebags without going online dating. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't um, know. I'm a little scared of that. Okay, we, okay. Let's talk about your relationship. So we've gone through high school. We've gone through your university days, and then once you're out of university, and we've unleashed this virgin into the world. <laughs> how you know? Honestly, did you you dated guys? You talked about you've had relationships, but how long did you have relationships before you decided they weren't worthy of your V card? What does it take for you to cut them loose? Are you looking for marriage? If they're not marriage material, are you out? Or can you be in love with someone in the moment and say, uh, I'm in love with this person. I'm going to take a leap of faith, have sex with them, and then we'll see what happens. But that didn't happen. You know, as I say, I've got a track record for meeting the douchebags. Um, So, no, I'm not going to put myself out there. You know, I'm not going to give my V card to somebody who doesn't respect me. Um, One of the guys I dated, actually, while I was down in uh, Mormon Utopia, uh, he was also... (laughs) LDS and uh, 
I went home for Christmas vacation and he made out with one of my best friends and kind of got with her instead. And when I got back, I was all set to commit and, you know, he'd be the one, whatever. And my friends told me, they're like, Matt's like, he cheated on you. I'm like, oh, oh. Well, fair enough. And so I figure like, if you can't wait a couple of weeks for me to like come back, like what happens if we get married and like we have a fight or I go somewhere, you know what I mean? And so I just kind of, I make character judgments based off of, uh, small things, I guess you could say. Like if if a small thing is a big deal to somebody, what's going to happen when there's a bigger issue? Uh, and so I'm not sure if that's answering your question, but feel free to ask me something else. Do you ever <laughs> feel like your standards might be too high? I, and I'm not judging fair. your standards. I just wonder if that's ever crossed your mind. Yeah, you know what? At this point in my life, yeah, I, I have thought about that for sure. Um, there's not a lot of people like me probably anymore, especially in my age range, who are virgins. In fact, most of the people that I have been asked out by are either, you know, divorced, uh, already have kids or have some sort of issue or are super old. Uh, old men seem to like me. I, I don't know why. But because uh, <laughs> they're dirty, I guess so. <laughs> and they like young, attractive women, uh, Matt. That's why. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I think I think your question is is kind of bang on. Maybe my standards are too high, and and that's okay. I mean, that doesn't mean that I have to settle um, for for something that is not good enough for me by any means. Um, and I, I play it case by case. You know, I was dating somebody not too long ago, and. Things were pretty heated, uh, definitely chemistry between us. And when it gets to that point, then I have to reevaluate and see where I'm at and see where he's at and see if, you know, if he's willing to wait, if this is actually going to go somewhere. And then we can have a discussion about how far we go or when to do what. Um, but it's always case by case. It's not like a, you know, set in stone. I will never do this, this, this and this, um, you know, and it's not like a V card on display from, you know, the very first date. I mean, unless they're Mormon, too. Obviously, they already know that. Yeah. But I don't, there's not a whole lot of Mormons around here. Yeah, so. but how long from the time that you, you met this person, from the time that things got heated to the time that, to the time that it didn't work out, are we talking here? A couple of weeks? Months? Mm, well, this one was fairly new, and it has now become a long-distance relationship. So it's kind of hard to gauge You're that. never going to get laid that way, Matt. Honestly. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> The, the distance does make I the absence a lot easier. Matt, honestly, let me ask you something. Have you ever, I mean, Hillary's asked some some questions that are bang on, but have you ever gone deeper even and said, maybe I'm I'm not having a relationship to protect my heart because that D-bag cheated on you in your tender years and you got hurt young and you thought it's easier just not to mm -hmm. than it is to because that men are men can hurt you and that's what they do. And women do that, too. I don't want to sound like I'm hating on men. But as a woman, I can tell you that men have, you know, stomped on my heart, chewed it up, spit it out, and it hurts. For sure. And, yeah. I, and it's sometimes just easier to say, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore until I find the right one. And then hold on to this belief that the right one will come. But are you and really never make up? a mistake? That's right. You know, that's that's actually part of the issue, too. I mean, as I say, in high school, I was bullied all throughout high school, but that, that has unfortunately continued all the way through my adulthood as well. Um, and so from guys and from girls, I don't know, I'm an easy target for some reason. And that's What in fine. the hell is wrong with these people? I, I'm not you certain. Me, I swear to God, I'll take care of them. <laughs> me and Hillary together are forced to be reckoned yeah, with. Yeah, don't mess with our friends. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I can't, I, you're a grown-up who's admitting that you're being bullied by other grown-ups? Yeah, and it's worse the older you are because it's, it's more serious issues that you get bullied about. Um, when it comes to guys... Uh, I, back in 2016, I was actually assaulted a couple of times. And so my trust in men is pretty much gone. So I'm super, super cautious when it comes to getting close with someone. So it doesn't help the fact that I'm already a virgin. You know, the fact that I'm now like, I'm, I'm terrified that like somebody's going to hurt me, but I have, I have been hurt in relationships in the past. People have broken my hearts before. And as I say, I have been assaulted. So it kind of, it's made me a bit of a hot mess in that I'm super cautious i want to be able to be open but every time i reopen up somebody kind of you know takes advantage of that and then i end up closing closing my doors and, and shutting down again so it's kind of a cyclical thing uh and i'm working through it right now because i don't want to you know i don't want to put up any more barriers than i already apparently have up and 
Another thing is that people have referred to me as intimidating, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because I, you know, I have an opinion. You know, I'm Italian. We're expressive. You know, the Greeks, we're, we're loud. We're vibrant. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, and you've probably <laughs> put up some walls that are detectable. Oh, for sure. I, I guarantee I have. Yeah. So do what you, do you think? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So what do you think it would be worse? Waking up one day or living your entire life as a virgin or waking up one day and realizing you'd slept with the wrong guy? What's worse to you? The latter. That's what I thought. That's exactly the way I thought that you would answer. But, you know, people make mistakes. And if you don't if you don't regret at least one guy you've had sex with, you're not living your best <laughs> life. We've all had regrets, Matt. And that's just part of life, you know? Well, I figure for sure. If had I had I gone ahead and started having sex when I was a teenager, fine. Absolutely. But at this point, I'm 35. Right. So if I sleep with the wrong guy, it's going to be a lot more devastating because it will probably be my first or maybe my second. And it's just. There's not a lot of time to make up for that. Whereas had I, you know, fooled around as a kid, it'd be like, oh, yeah, well, I was just a, you know, a dumb teenager. Right. I was in love. So it's a lot easier to forgive those mistakes right. than a 35 year old mistake. Do you Young, wanna... dumb and broke. Right. But now right. I'm a lot more established and have more of a head on my shoulders. So I think it'd be more devastating to me if I realized that I'd given my V card or even, you know, the second guy I'm with was a total piece of garbage. It would just it would hurt me more. And I'm a lot more sensitive now as as I'm older, if that makes sense. Do you ever worry that you've built it up to be this big thing and you have these expectations? Uh, kind of like when you watch too many romantic comedies, you have this idea <laughs> what real romance is supposed to be like. And what, you mean finally, it's not a Disney movie? <laughs> <laughs> you're finally going to meet the guy, you'll get married, and you'll be like, I waited this long for what? <laughs> like, it's not that big a deal. And let me tell you, sometimes it's not that big a deal. Well, you know, I'm not overly concerned. And, you know, some people have warned me that it hurts the first time. But, shoot, I grew up horseback riding. I'm a cowgirl. So <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm stretchy. I'm bendy. And I've ridden horses all my life. I'm good. I'm not not too worried. I don't know why the word stretchy made me laugh. But maybe I do know. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you're dating a guy. Okay, let's just say you're in a relationship. Give him a name. I want a name. His name's Tom. <laughs> I don't know what Tom. It's a good name. I know it. I know it. Good... Okay, so you're speak. dating. You're going to dinner. You're on your first date. You're thinking, God, I like this guy, Tom. I want to go on a second date. How many dates before you tell Tom the news? Well, I mean, it all depends on how forward Tom is. Tom is very forward. Tom is digging you. Ooh. Tom's like all about you, Matt. He's all in my grill. He is all in your grill. <laughs> He is like got bedroom eyes and everything. Excellent. You know what you know oh, what Tom do, is looking for. I do. I feel you. So how do you and you have chemistry and there's an attraction there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you're not going to go with that. Obviously, you're going to be like, OK, does he have a job? <laughs> you're going to be sensible about it. how soon, though, are you going to tell Tom? It all depends on the level that it gets to, because as I say, like, you know, I'm not a complete prude. You know, I've made out and done all sorts of fun things and. Don't listen, mom and dad, in the backs of cars well. and <laughs> in field. Anyway, we're and not in the field we're, too. We're I heard gonna, that. Hey, farm girl. Um, we're not going to go into too many details for the sake of you know people who may be listening, i.e., family. But uh, by the same token, if like if he wants to move super super fast, and let's say he's trying to get into my pants, you know, on day one, no, like even if I wasn't a virgin, I I don't want to be the you know first date get in my pants kind of girl. It's just that's that's not who I am. You know, I just, what I is wanna, that? I want, what is what? Who is the get in my pants first date kind of girl? Oh, I don't know. I just know it's not me because I want to make sure that whoever is going for me wants me for me and not just because yeah. I'm an easy win. And Hillary, to answer the question, me in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just to sort that out. Okay, next question. No, none of what Where I'm saying is, is meant to be offensive against somebody who, no, of you course know, not. differently. It's just for me personally, it's just not how... That's not how I am. I want to make sure that I'm wanted for, for me and not just what I can give or provide for somebody else, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of Colton Underwood, the, <laughs> the bachelor? Because I, it's shocking when a guy is a virgin. It's even more shocking when a guy is a virgin than a girl is a virgin, right? It, sadly, yeah. I mean, that's how society paints it, right? That's right. Um, yeah, I, I'm very surprised that he would say that, for sure, on national television. That's... Uh, I mean, it's commendable because he's either going to get made fun of or he's going to get praise. It can go either way, right? Uh, there's always the skepticism that comes with an announcement like that. Like, oh, is is this true? Like, is he lying to get, you know, some sort of... Because some girls like that too, right? 
It is kind of a, what did you say? Fetish? It's a fetish. Yeah, fetish. Fetish. But fetish. Why do you think it's different for guys than it is for girls? Like, why is it to, this big, amazing quality for a girl to be a virgin? But for a guy, it's like, hmm, what's wrong with you? That's a good question that I don't have the answer to. I feel like that's just something that society has painted, not something that I personally have anything to do with. I think, you know, I think society paints guys to be more about sex than than women are. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Um People tend to think that guys just sleep around kind of with whoever. And I also don't think that that's true. I think, yes, there are some guys and there are some girls who are like that. And, you know, that's fair. But I think that as a whole, um, guys get painted as like there's not a lot of virgins left. Pretty much as soon as they knew they could get it up, they got it up and got it done. That's so. right. They have a lot of testosterone they can't control in their teen years, Hillary. Right. So and I, I can't even imagine living in a world where I'd ever think of a guy turning up, turning down sex. Like that, is that even a thing? And then when you hear that it's a thing and he's a sexy dude, like he's hot and sexy. It's like, how, how have you gone this far in life and not had sex? Is he religious? Has he talked about that? I don't. I think he is somewhat religious. Somewhat. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know if he's an LSD or like you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. But no, I don't, I don't know to what extent, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah. Matt, what's the weirdest reaction you've ever got to telling somebody that you are waiting until you're married? Most people are very respectful, to be honest. Uh, a couple people are really shocked. Like, are you serious? How really? is that possible? In fact, one of my, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say where, but I did have a manager at a job. I've been in Ottawa about three and a half years now. And one of my managers found out that I had my V card and <laughs> it turned him into like a dirty man. It like, he was like, oh, are you serious? That's nuts. Oh, that just makes me want you. And I'm like, oh, that is uncomfortable on so many levels. What about How's from it? guys you've dated? All been, you know what? Everybody's been pretty understanding. Now, obviously it hasn't worked out, um, but those are for other reasons, not because I wasn't going to have sex with them. That was just personal differences, um, maybe life goal differences. Uh, but it had nothing to do with the fact that I wanted to wait until marriage. In fact, one of the last guys I dated from Ottawa was a fantastic guy. He's now engaged to somebody else, but I told him, you know, and, you know, we'd gone on a bunch of dates and, uh, you know, there was chemistry and I'm like, listen, like we, this, this can't go past a certain point cause I want to wait until marriage. And he's like, I'm fine to wait, Matt's and, and not religious at all. And it's just that, that's what I'm looking for. Like somebody who's, who's patient enough, like knows that, you know, maybe he can't, get sex but if he's patient then he gets all of me like forever and I, I feel like that's I don't know maybe that's me living in a fairy tale world maybe it's never going to happen I, I don't know I can't see the future but I also don't think it's something worth throwing away on a whim um I think you're very refreshing I really do. I, I don't know a lot of people that would have this conversation so openly and honestly, because there is, an, there is something of a shame associated to having your V-card later on in life. We all saw the 40-year-old virgin and how that <laughs> poor guy was portrayed throughout the entire movie. They were just trying to get him laid the whole movie, and he just wanted to find love and find a nice relationship, right. and it was hopeful. Did you like that movie? Was it fair, a fair portrayal? Uh, well, I mean, I think... I think for the most part, people are that way. People do want to set me up. They do, they do want me to find love. And I want to find love just like it was Steve Carell, right? Yeah. 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 Just like Steve Carell. I want to find that relationship. I, I, don't, I don't feel that it's something that is necessarily made fun of so much. I'm not sure if I'm answering this question very well. Well, I Please talked about the me. shame about it. Oh, shame. Yeah, like if there's shame associated with it. I think, I, I think that it's a point of interest. Well, for sure. For sure. For sure. I, I think there... And not that it matters. It's not that I haven't had the opportunities. I have had multiple opportunities and chances to cash in my V-card, and it just hasn't felt right. I haven't felt that it was either a good guy or the right guy or something that would lead to anything other than a one-night stand. Um, and so it's not for lack of you know effort on my part or lack of opportunity, just lack of substance, I want to say. If that's fair. Are you super skeptical about guys you date that they might be holding on for the opportunity to cash in your V-card and then take <laughs> off? As in, like, wear me down enough that I give them my V-card? Right. And then like, you know you wouldn't off. do that. But do you ever? are you ever skeptical about guys you're dating? No. You know, I would like to say I'm a fairly good judge of character. 
And I can kind of get a sense about these things beforehand. Like the guy I was dating who said he was willing to wait, genuinely awesome guy. And I actually do regret not staying with him um, because I think he's going to make a phenomenal husband and father. Um, but no, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, can you ask me again? I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Do you ever worry that a guy is dating you just because you're a virgin and they want to wear you down? And then if you do give in that they'll take off, like, do you ever think that because people do get so obsessed with the idea of breaking a virgin? (laughs) Uh, It hasn't been a concern of mine, uh, to be honest. And if it ever is, I'll just cut ties. As I say, I'm not an object. I'm not something that not a prize to be won. Um, unless you're in it for the long haul. I'm not just a, you know, a stuffed animal. You win at the fair. Like, I I want something more. Like, uh, and you know what? I, I may have a dry spell for the rest of my life. They might make a movie about me, the 94-year-old virgin. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> great, I'll star in it and I'll be happy about it. <laughs> but uh, I would much rather die a virgin than have uh, be taken advantage of by the wrong types of guys who only wanted me for my V-card. I don't. I don't think that's fair. I'm... I'm definitely not an object. Mats, I can't thank you enough for coming in today and sharing your story. I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being so open about answering questions. I know there were some tough ones in there, but there are questions that I think a lot of people would want to ask. So, mm-hmm. uh, Well, for sure. If you've got anything else, hit me up. I, my life's an open book. Yeah, it is. I really appreciate the open conversation. We loved it. Thank you for being a guest on the Quick and the Dirty podcast. And thank you for having me, ladies. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find the quick and the dirty on the FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.